We have a very special guest this morning, one of our own. This is his inaugural. He's come on down the front. Give him, give him a big clap. Brendan's going to bring the word to us this morning, eh? Well, I might. How are we all this morning? Maybe. Let's see if I can get that a bit. There we go. Yeah, not that loud. Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Off to a good start, aren't I? Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, the answers to the questions you're looking for is no, this is, yes, this is my first message. No, I don't have an epic beard, and yes, I like bacon. So now that we've got that covered, let's talk God. Uh, since this is my first message, I'm going to cheat a little bit and I'm going to use a Hollywood movie to help me. But uh, we all like to laugh, yeah? yeah? So I'm going to use a comedy. We're going to get a lesson from Mr. Bobby Boucher. Who knows Bobby Boucher? And Bobby is, of course, the water boy, played by Adam Sandler. For those of you who haven't seen the movie, I'll just bring you up to speed a little bit. Bobby Boucher is a special needs man. He lives in the Louisiana Bayou with his mother. But he works at the uh, local university as the college uh, football team's water boy, hence the name. Uh, he starts to disrupt the crazy training sessions and gets fired from that job, so he goes on to the next university and through a series of rather humorous and crazy antics ends up playing linebacker for them for the South Central Louisiana State University Mud Dogs. Try saying that five, three times fast because I had trouble saying it slowly once. Uh, unbeknownst to all of this, of course, to his beloved mama who wants nothing to do with Bobby playing football or going to college or pretty much anything else. Bobby's only had education from his mama, so when he goes to college, he's confronted with a whole heap of new information that to his mind isn't right because everything that he knows is right has come from mama. So he's finding all these things that the college professors are trying to teach him very frustrating. We're going to join Bobby at his first lecture on animal biology, his new professor that resembles closely Colonel Sanders from KFC. And he really has no idea what journey he's about to embark on. In fact, the only reason he's picked the class is he's got a good view of the water fountain outside the window. So let's take a look. So, uh... Why you pick this class anyway? It's pretty hard. Beautiful view. All right. All right. All right. Y'all shut up now. Now, last week, we talked about the physiology of the animal brain as it pertains to aggression. Now, is there anyone here that can tell me why most alligators are abnormally aggressive? I know the answer to this question. Raise your hand. Anybody? Anyone? Yes or you, sir? Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> Your mama said alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth and no toothbrush. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Anybody else? Hey, yes, I use Alligators are aggressive because of an enlarged medulla oblongata. It's the sector of the brain which controls aggressive behavior. That is correct. The medulla oblongata. Mama the medulla oblongata is where anger, jealousy, and aggression come from. Now, is there anybody here 
can tell me where happiness comes from. None. Anyone? All right. Let's hear what Mama has to say on the subject. Mama say that happiness is from magic rays of sunshine that come down when you're feeling blue. <laughs> well, folks, Mama's wrong again. <laughs> no kind of saying it's your wrong. Mama's right. <laughs> All right. Mama's right. Mama's right. Something wrong with his medulla oblongata. <laughs> But Mama says alligators are angry because they got all them teeth and no toothbrush. How many of us have got that kind of faith in what our parents told us? As ridiculous as it sounded to everybody else, he knew it was the truth because that's what Mama told him was the truth. No, Colonel Sanders, you're wrong. Mama's right. And his faith in what he knew was right was unwavering, and he believed in it so much, he was willing to upend his college professor because someone told him it wasn't right. How many of us are challenged in what God tells us? I can honestly say I am through social media and even in the workplace. I was challenged by a workmate who believed solidly that the world was created from a scientific standpoint because of the show he saw in the Discovery Channel. I found myself challenging his opinion because the Bible I read says that God created the universe and I believe that's what Jesus said because that's, I believe that because Jesus says that's what happened. I was also challenged on social media because of a post I put on Facebook telling of a young soldier that under order from his superior moved the Jeep from one place to another when he couldn't drive in the first place and the, it turns out the Jeep had no engine. My friend told me it was impossible because it defied the laws of physics. The laws of science and really the world in general say it's impossible for someone that's passed away to start breathing, get up a table and walk out of the room, but Jesus made that happen too. So who knows this guy? This guy. <laughs> right, there we go. Who knows this guy? Stephen Hawking. One of the greatest and most well-respected scientists in the entire world who's made a name for himself for being a staunch believer that the world was created by a Big Bang. For those of you who don't know him, he's a physicist that's confined to a wheelchair and talks through a computer, but he's one of the most brilliant scientists in the world. In one of his lectures, he stated that although the laws of science seem to predict that the universe had a beginning, they also predict that they could not determine how the universe would have begun. So even the laws of science don't know how the universe started. I know how. No. You know how. We all know how because God just tells us he did it. In another interview, Hawking went on to say that Christians believe in miracles and those aren't compatible with science, therefore there is no God. How can someone so brilliant be so blatantly ignorant? I'd like to think that if given the opportunity, I'd challenge Stephen Hawking on his theories because Jesus curing a blind man or healing or healing a leper isn't compatible with science either, but Jesus did that too. Luke 5, 17 to 39, a man who was so sick that he couldn't walk was lowered through a roof and for no other reason that they had enough faith in Jesus to know that he would heal the man, Jesus said to the man, your sins are forgiven, get up and walk. I guess that isn't compatible with science either, but because of faith of the man was healed, not science. 
Now, for those of you at school and university, I want to make a disclaimer, and that is that I'm in no way asking you to crash tackle your teachers and lecturers for telling you that the world wasn't created by God. Let's get that out there. <coughs> Universities around the world spend hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars every year researching how the universe and world were created. Now, I've never been to university. In fact, the highest level of schooling I achieved was year 10. I work as a store person and a truck driver, but I think I can save the world's universities or colleges millions of dollars a year with five simple words. Who wants to know what they are? <laughs> so that I can save the, the uni world's universities millions of dollars with five simple words. Go and buy a Bible. It's the, all the answers to creation are in there. It's the world's best textbooks. So all of the X-Files fans, the answers aren't out there, it's in here. God created the heavens and the earth. It's Genesis 1.1. And I know that it's the truth because God said that. It's what Daddy says. In Psalm 20 verse 7 it says, Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the Lord our God. And I guess when you break that down, that's the ba same basic message. When everything else is falling apart, God is the one you can count on. Just like Bobby Bichet knew he could trust his mama. Anyone who knows me, and a lot of you do, you know I like fast cars. And when I first got into racing cars seriously, I remember watching old drag racing videos back when we had VHS tapes. Look at all the young people, like what the hell is a VHS tape? <laughs> Kids, this is what entertained us before the creation of Netflix. <laughs> but I remember watching Big Daddy Don Garlitz, who became known as the grandfather of modern drag racing because of the influence he had in making all the cars safer. He raced through the 60s, 70s and into the 80s and even then was a staunch Christian and never apologised for his beliefs. He even went as far to refuse massive dollar sponsorship from beer companies saying he didn't want to aid in young people having traffic accidents as a result of alcohol. Anyone who knows the cost of racing a top fuel drag car knows how, what a big deal that is. On top of being a Christian, he was also known for bad crashes resulting in the disfiguration and removal of body parts such as this one. Yep. I don't know what he was thinking there. How many people reckon he was saying a prayer in that instance? <laughs> I, I remember watching him in, in, in an interview, sorry, about one such incident, incident I'll get I'll gathered up here in a second, when he was in hospital after a clutch had exploded and kindly removed part of his foot. Understandably, he was in a lot of pain and a cold sweat and he had sweat through two sets of sheets and was calling the nurse to change them again. And after she told him that she couldn't because they were busy, he would just have to hang on till morning. So there he is in a pain, cold, wet, but in his bed he called out to God saying, Father! The minute he did that, God lifted him up, took the pain away and he was warm for the rest of the night. In the interview he told the reporter, I called out to God with the faith of a child. And my father kept me warm. I think that's how our faith needs to be. When all the chips are down and we need protection or we need help with something, we need to turn to our Father. In this case, our Heavenly Father, because He'll be there for us. We just need to ask. We need to trust Daddy. Sometimes, in fact, a lot more than I should, I try to hang on to control over things that I know I have no control over, things that I know I should be turning over to God. But due to human nature and the way we are today, find myself sending out the AAA emergency prayer when it all falls apart. God should be our first option, not a last resort. 
But we all find ourselves holding on to things instead of fully trusting God to handle it for us. The thing that I try to control the most is my future and when my dreams and goals are going to come to fruition. I have no doubt in my mind that God, I've made God face palm on many an occasion when I thought to myself, I'll do this and then this will happen and everything will be awesome after that. Hey, Mom. She's not listening. <coughs> Jeremiah 29.11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, for plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you future and a hope. So God, like any father, has the best plans for us. I've lost my place. <laughs> the same can't be said for general society. In fact, the enemy is going to make sure there are people that want nothing more than to bring you down. God is bigger than that, however, and as long as we trust in him, what the enemy tries is irrelevant. And I love nothing more than when God shows up to the party and the enemy gets his tail end kicked. It's the best feeling in the world. But the only way that's going to happen is if we trust in him with all that we have and all that we are. How many, of you remember, how many of you remember this when you were kids or how many of you say, they say this to your kids? If you ask like that, you're not getting anything. I say it to my kids all the time. Parents, does that sound familiar? In James 1, 5-6, it says, He who lacks wisdom should ask the Lord, who gives it generously and without reproach. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Asking, for God, asking God for help and wisdom when you don't really believe he can give you the answers you're looking for is like waiting for a text message with your phone turned off. On the flip side of the coin, if you really believe and if you trust and have faith, he will give you the answer. And in most cases, it's more than you're expecting. God also says, I can give you amazingly, abundantly, beyond anything you can ask or imagine. My imagination is pretty awesome, so that's hard for me to get my head around. But God said it, so I trust that it's true. Giving, God giving more than you can imagine is pretty cool. And I have evidence with... This is where when you write something and then something doesn't go... I have evidence of that today. In fact, I have it here, have it here with me. In fact, I don't because my wife and kids are alone today. Six or seven years ago, I dreamt of having a wife that loved me but never thought it would happen. Six or seven years ago, I dreamt of having a loving family to come home to every day but never thought it would happen. Six or seven years ago, I dreamt of having rock-solid friends that I knew I could count on. And six or seven years ago, if you told me that I'd be standing here in a Salvation Army soldier's uniform giving a message on trusting God, I would have flat-out called the banner the big coats on you because on you, I thought, thought you were crazy. Because six, or six years ago, the only friends that I thought I could rely on came in the form of drugs and alcohol. But I stand here today with a loving, beautiful wife, three wonderful boys, friends that I consider brothers, and I'm a soldier in one of the best Christian organisations in the world. Amazingly, abundantly, beyond anything you can ask or imagine. I first heard that from David Dusek when he was here for the first Rough Cut Men's Conference. And when I first heard it, my mind immediately went to material possessions and fulfilling my dreams. But God, I'm sure he's fully capable of doing that, means much more, at least for me. I can do without material gain, but without my family, I'm nothing. And 
And to me, that's the most abundant, generous gift of all. But before I called out to God in my darkest hour, I really had nothing at all. It was only after I hit rock bottom with addiction, alcoholism and selfishness that God started to rebuild my life and sent me the greatest gift of all when I met my wife. That's not to say that I have all those things that life is peachy. Of course it isn't. We're also going to face a trial here and there. It's called being human or married. Just, just kidding, honey, I love you. She's not here, but if she, leaves the hot, if she hears the podcast, honey, I love you. But when those trials come, we trust that God can say that without a shadow of a doubt we can hand it over to God and believe within our heart of hearts that God will make things right. I have no doubt that some of you having absolute trust, in faith in, trust and faith in God is a big ask. I have no doubt that some of you have backgrounds that absolute, having absolute trust in anyone or anything is seemingly impossible. I was there once too. But if you want to do want that relationship with God and you're ready to hand your heart over to Jesus, then all you need to do is ask. All you need to do is close your eyes and say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you, need to trust you because the greatest love that you will ever experience is through God and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. I'm just going to ask the band to come up. I don't know where you are with your relationship with God and Jesus today. You may have the relationship where you have absolute trust, you may not. I don't know what your battles are. Learning to trust God will most likely mean something different to you than the person sitting next to you. It may mean you need to pick up your Bible again. It might mean that you need to sit down with someone and talk to them about how God can work in your life. Or it may be as simple as praying and having a conversation with God. And you don't need to come down the front for that. You can have a conversation with God right where you are. But if you do want to come down the front, then someone will be glad to pray with you. Whatever your battle is today, or whatever your situation is, I just encourage you to say, God, I want to trust you. I need you in my life because I can't fight these battles alone. God wants us to have the kind of relationship with him where something isn't going right that we can call out to him with that childlike faith. And I know when we call out to him, he is right there and he hears us. I don't know what you're struggling with today, but God does. And he wants to help you. He wants to be there for you. So all you have to do is ask.